0: chapter 10 of tangled trails a western detective story by william macleod rain this librivox recording is in the public domain tangled trails a western detective story by william macleod rain chapter 10 Kirby asks a direct question the story of the cunningham mystery as it was already being called filled the early editions of the afternoon papers the times had the scoop of the day it was a story signed by chuck ellis who had seen the alleged murderer climb down by a fire escape from the window of cunningham's bedroom and had actually talked with the man as he emerged from the alley his description of the suspect tallied fairly closely with that of mrs hull but it corrected errors in regard to weight age and color of clothes as kirby walked to the equitable building to keep his appointment with his cousins it would not have surprised him if at any moment an officer had touched him on the shoulder and told him he was under arrest entering the office of the oil broker where the two brothers were waiting for him kirby had a sense of an interrupted conversation they had been talking about him he guessed the atmosphere was electric. James spoke quickly, to bridge any embarrassment. "'This is a dreadful thing about Uncle James. I've never been so shocked before in my life. The crime was absolutely fiendish!' Kirby nodded. "'Or else the deed of some insane person. Men in their right senses don't do such things?' No agreed James, murder's one thing. Such cold-blooded deviltry is quite another. There may be insanity connected with it, but one thing is sure. I'll not rest till the villain's run to earth and punished." His eyes met those of his cousin. They were cold and bleak. "'Do you think I did it?' asked Kirby quietly. The directness of the question took James aback. After the fraction of a second's hesitation, he spoke. "'If I did, I wouldn't be going to lunch with you.' Jack cut in. Excitement had banished his usual almost insolent indolence. His dark eyes burned with a consuming fire. "'Let's put our cards on the table. We think you're the man the police are looking for the one described in the papers. What makes you think that? You told us you were going to see him as soon as he got back from the springs. The description fits you to a T. You can't get away with an alibi so far as I'm concerned. All right, said the rough rider, his low, even voice unruffled by excitement. If I can't, I can't. We'll say I'm the man who came down the fire escape. What then? James was watching his cousin steadily. The pupils of his eyes narrowed. He took the answer out of his brother's mouth. Then we think you probably know something about this mystery that you'll want to tell us. You must have been on the spot very soon after the murderer escaped. Perhaps you saw him. Kirby told the story of his night's adventure, omitting any reference whatever to Wild Rose or to anybody else in the apartment when he entered. After he had finished, James made his comment. "'You've been very frank, Kirby. I accept your story. A guilty man would have denied being in the apartment, or he would have left town and disappeared.' The range rider smiled sardonically. I'm not so sure of that. You've got the goods on me. I can't deny I'm the man the police are looking for. Mrs. Hull would identify me. So would this reporter, Ellis. All you would have to do would be to hand my name to the nearest officer. And I can't run away without confessing guilt. Even if I had killed Uncle James, I couldn't do much else except tell some story like the one I've told you. It wouldn't go far in a courtroom," Jack said. Not far, admitted Kirby. By the way, you haven't expressed an opinion, Jack. Do you think I shot Uncle James?" Jack looked at him, almost sullenly, and looked away. He poked at the corner of the desk with the ferrule of his cane. I don't know who shot him. You had quarreled with him, and you went to have another row with him. A cop told me that someone who knew how to tie ropes fastened the knots around his arms and throat. You beat it from the room by the fire escape. A jury would hang you as high as Haman on that evidence. Damn it, there's a bad bruise on your chin. wasn't there when we saw you yesterday. For all I know he may have done it before you put him out. I struck against a corner in the darkness," Kirby said. "'That's what you say. You've got to explain it somehow. I think your story's fishy, if you ask me.' "'Then you'd better call up the police,' suggested Lane. "'I didn't say I was gonna call the cops,' retorted Jack sulkily. James looked at his cousin. Kirby Lane was strong. You could not deny his strength, audacious yet patient. He was a forty-horsepower man with the smile of a boy. Moreover, his face was a certificate of manhood. It was a recommendation more effective than words. "'I think you're wrong, Jack,' the older brother said. Kirby had no more to do with this than I had. "'Thanks,' Kirby nodded. "'Let's investigate this man Hull. What Kirby says fits in with what you saw a couple of evenings ago, Jack. I'm assuming he's the same man Uncle flung downstairs. Uncle told you he was a blackmailer. There's one lead. Let's follow it.' Reluctantly, Kirby broached one angle of the subject that must be faced. What about this girl in Uncle's office, the one in trouble, are we going to bring her into this?" There was a moment's silence. Jack's black eyes slid from Lane to his brother. It struck Kirby that he was waiting tensely for the decision of James, though the reason for his anxiety was not apparent. James gave the matter consideration, then spoke judiciously. Better leave her out of it. No need to smirch uncle's reputation unless it's absolutely necessary. We don't want the newspapers gloating over any more scandals than they need." The cattleman breathed freer. He had an odd feeling that Jack, too, was relieved. Had the young man, after all, a warmer feeling for his dead uncle's reputation than he had given him credit for? As the three cousins stepped out of the Equitable Building to Stout Street, a newsboy was calling an extra. "'All about Cunningham, mystery. Axtry. Axtry!' Kirby bought a paper. A streamer headline in red flashed at him. Horikawa, valet of Cunningham, disappears.' The lead of the story below was to the effect that Cunningham had drawn $2,000 in large bills from the bank the day of his death. Horikawa could not be found, and the police had a theory that he had killed and robbed his master for this money. End of chapter 10